Hey, what's up, everybody? This is AJ. And this is Jeremy, and we're from Lit. You're listening to Appetite for Distortion. With Brando. Come out. Come out. You know where they are. is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 356. My name is Brando. Welcome back to the podcast, Lit. We welcome back... AJ pop off, but I'm glad that this time you brought your brother because I'm the oldest brother, so I, I like brotherly love all the time. Jeremy pop off. Um, brought my big brother with me today. <laughs> what's the age difference, Jeremy? Like, are you are you the older? You're the oldest. Yeah, Jer- he's just two years older. Oh, okay. When you get to our age, it's almost like we're about the same age. <laughs> when you're little kids, it's like big brother, you know, and then we're just old guys now. <laughs> yeah. That that's true. We were just talking off the air how um, I just recently just got married. I'm the oldest of four brothers, and we're awesome. four, we're four years apart. So obviously, you know, high school, even high school and younger, it's a big deal. But now, like that day, we were all just hanging out. Yep. Yeah. You'll get to own your own legacy and throughout high school. So you guys get had your own four year stretch, right? Did you guys yeah. ever go to the same high school together? Nope. No. no. It's it, it's interesting how that happened. That's, yeah, man. Yeah, we it's missed. Kind of cool. Well, I'm more interested because I don't know if I would have lasted in a band with my brother. You know, you've been in a band since the the late eighty, uh, no, the, the early eighties, late seventies, right? With your brother, you get, to get no, together? Not, not quite. Not quite. Okay. Late eighties. Late eighties. Okay. Yep. So, um, has that always been? Obviously, you're still doing it. Has it been easy to, or do you have brotherly fights, or how do you compartmentalize? You know, your bandmate with your sibling. I think we just have normal brother stuff, you know, and when it comes to the band, I feel like we're just, you know, the four of us in a band, just, it's a, it's a brotherhood and we're all kind of too, I think too, too focused on, you know, putting on a good show and writing songs and all those things, you know, and then, and then all the little stuff, you know, that you, you argue about maybe on a tour bus is nothing, it's nothing major, you know, it's just all the normal family shit. Nothing like your mom's favorite or, you know, when we were younger, <laughs> I'm the one that got the G.I. Joe and Jeremy didn't, you know, nothing like that. Okay. All right. I go to, th- I'm in therapy, so this is just how I think. Well, we had, you know, we were two years, we still are two years apart, almost to the week. Like, I'm September 11, he's September 19. So, the only, the only thing that sucked when we were little, we were, uh, we would often get toys that we had to share. So, because we'd have the joint birthday party because it was the same mm-hmm. weeks, you know. So we'd get like one Stretch Armstrong to share, <laughs> you know, one one Iron Maiden Killers album to share, you know. Oh, because I was going to say the Stretch Armstrong is perfect to share. You can be in different rooms maybe and still have the same toy, but the <laughs> the one album that that stinks. Whoever borrows it first, uh, that that's cool. You know, um, what's really on my mind, uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys again um, today more about the new record and uh, the new song, the new video you did with Adrian from No Doubt, but just for timely reasons, because I just watched the, the new trailer for Clerks 3, 
And much to my surprise, my own worst enemy was in there. So can you... That made the trailer even more elevated for me. It looks like a great movie. So how did that come about? They they hit us up. Um, we actually... They hit us up to use enemy in the movie. And then a few months later, they hit us up to... Uh, for the stems, which is unusual, you know, and for people that don't know what stems are, it's basically the individual tracks for the song. And I don't know that we've ever been asked for stems before, but it usually means that someone's going to go in and kind of remix it and use different parts of the song. And so when I saw, I just saw it for the first time yesterday as well. And I was actually really impressed with how they edited it. You know, it's really, because at first it's kind of like, wait a minute, is that, is that our, Oh yeah, it is that, you know, huh. cause it starts off with just the drums and then a little bass and there's a little guitar and they, they got pretty creative with it, which was cool. That is cool. That it's not just the, you know, the song being used in this huge, uh, not sequel, this trilogy is a big deal, but to use, yeah. I'm glad, thank you for explaining stems cause I'm not a musician. I don't know. So that is interesting. So did you get to see uh, a preview of the movie or you just saw the trailer? Just the trailer, man. It's oh. crazy that we've been hearing about it from, you know, you just brought it up, but everyone's been bringing that up, man. Like it's, people are pretty stoked because that's like just such an iconic, like classic, you know? So it's great to, to be a part of it and come up, you know, when people are talking about the movie, they're talking about the trailer and our song. And uh, it's been, it's been pretty awesome. Any cameos can we expect or, or, or no? I wish, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Corks four. We'll see. Corks four. They always say it's the last one until it is. Uh, right. another, another thing you guys have out, which is really cool, another collaboration, I guess, for a lack of a better word, uh, Mouth Shut, with the uh, the drummer from, uh, of course, No Doubt, Adrian Young. Uh, I, I have to imagine you guys go way back, right? Like, so how did that? Yeah. How did you? What made you incorporate him into that song in that video? Well, we we toured with No Doubt back in the back in two thousand, and we've been friends ever since. But it's actually. Um, we, Adrian and I, well, Adrian went to the same high school briefly. I went to high school, same high school as Adrian. He was two years older than me. We didn't know each other in high school. We had a lot of mutual friends, but, um, such a crazy small world, how we all ended up hooking up together on the road. And then, um, and he was really close with our drummer, Al, that passed away. And, um, so he's just always been a bro and, and we were looking, we wanted to have him be a part of it somehow. And so he's got a great studio set up at his house in California and his drums are always set up and mic'd up and ready to go. So we sent him some tracks to check out and he, uh, he loved it. He loved all of them, but he was really drawn to mouth shut. So we said, all right, well, you want to be on it with us? And, um, it was cool. And he contributed a lot to the to the drum arrangement as well, which was which was cool. Right on. Uh, and then when he did the video, and it was just, it was like you know, every time we get together, it's always you know a few beers and a few laughs and just goofing off, and it's like being kids again on tour. You know, sure. Uh, he's, a, he's just a good dude. How is the? I, I have to imagine because you're looking at the comments on your your social media, Facebook, and going on YouTube, <laughs> watching the video overwhelmingly positive and we live in an age if, if people don't like something they'll let you know I'm, I'm just curious when you're out on tour obviously you have all these great sing-along songs are they catching on to the the new record are they singing along to that right away or you know is it kind of still feeling stuff out this being the first time out with this album we, we've been noticing a lot of sing-along stuff happen it's like 
we kind of compare it to how it felt when we, you know, a place in the sun came out and we started touring on that record. Obviously people knew my arm was sending me cause that's when radio was playing it a lot in the, in the very early stages. Um, but then just the, you know, you notice when people gravitate towards their favorite songs live and you could kind of just, you can almost tell what, the, which ones the singles are, you know, right off the bat. Uh, but we've, we've trickled in like three or four. We kind of pulled, put some in, pulled some out in the new songs when we play live now. And um, it's just been an insane reaction. So it's very comparable to, to, you know, 1999 for us, I think, out there right now. It feels great. Sweet. Well, a good year. A good year, especially according to Prince. a great year. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last time, uh, Jeremy, I don't know. You, you may know, of course, from the name of the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, and you're looking at my... I don't want to call it a man cave. This is just my man corner, my Guns N' Roses corner. <laughs> I mean, it, awesome. you know, every, I'm not famous enough. I got to have a nice hook to angle for my podcast. So uh, we just got great stories last time from AJ and, and Kevin. And I'm wondering if you can add to it. And, and maybe AJ, this would be, you'll find this interesting. So I posted the clip of, of the story of Kevin talking about your old... Um, I guess it was staging. aware staging, right? With where you use your yeah. illusion stairs and maybe some lighting, the the grating where the lights would come up through, right? And you uh -huh. thought it was lost, or it was, I was like maybe it's pushed into a cube or whatever. So I I posted that clip on my social media, and maybe you know who Mark Dan Zeisen. He, he's uh, he worked with Joby Clark. He was um, in the River Dogs. So he's just out and about. I believe he's in, he's in your area. He knows L.A. And he goes, I believe all that staging rigging is stored at Mates Storage in Van Nuys. Not 100% sure. And he, I'm guessing there was a lot more to that stage than what we had. So there probably, maybe there's a portion of it, you know, that, I, I mean, we just had like, obviously that stage was massive when Guns N' Roses had it. Uh, we just, you know, had some really just cool bits and pieces that that we used in, to make it look like a, a big rock stage in our little warehouse, you know, it was cool. But right. someone probably got a hold of it and recycled it, and that's the that's the tragedy of it. I think whoever, who you know, whoever got a hold of our our you know storage unit and picked at it. Okay, it's, it's the mystery. We don't know. <laughs> I, I was hoping it was still there somehow. And, and, I know. Okay. When, All right. Uh, we, we outgrew that room or that warehouse, and we got a bigger one in the same complex. And we another van took over ours, and then. You know, then years went by and we were on the road and we, we, you know, kind of just moved away from there and didn't, it didn't really dawn on, dawn on us that we needed to go back there and kind of get some cool stuff that we had left in there. And then when we finally did go back to look at it, it was like oh, some different company had moved in and they had the owners of the complex just went in and probably grabbed everything and didn't know what the hell they were looking at. But, um, but yeah, for nuts, man. For, for for several years, we had the, uh, I forget what, was it the user illusion? Uh, I forget what stage set it was from. Uh, but yeah, that's what you they, said it was they, from. They, yeah. they had like tons of it. We had like two little stair sections that went to nowhere, but they just looked cool. Yeah. Oh, man. It's the 30th anniversary of that tour this year. So I was, again, hoping it would be somewhere, <laughs> you know, keepsake for your grandchildren or something like that. Uh, now let me ask you, Jeremy, this time, because I, I probably think I probably asked you last time, AJ, uh, you were around when Appetite came out. It's, I hate this. I, I have to always remind myself, yeah, they're my favorite band, but I was four 
when gun, when Appetite for Destruction came out. So I was late to the game. No fault. I can't control when I was born. But you yeah. were in it. You were on the strip. So can you do you remember when that came out? And was it? Did you expect them to rise? When did you find out about uh, Appetite for Destruction? And yeah, do you have a GNR story perhaps? I mean, we knew just from being being from Southern California, hanging out in Hollywood. Um, we definitely knew of them before Appetite came out, and then and we would see them around and stuff on the strip, and then. When Appetite came out and KNAC was the local rock station at the time, and they started playing it, um, and it was definitely like a game changer for that scene. You know, they they it, it was something completely different than than we'd been hearing. And um, I saw them, the first time I saw them in concert was at a little place called the Celebrity Theater in Anaheim, and it was a I don't even know if it's still there. If it is, it's probably like a Righteous Gemstone style, like mega church or something, but <laughs> it was a uh, it was a concert theater in the round, and then they would just block it off. They would curtain it off halfway, and then it was more like a theater. Probably held when it was half theater. It was probably like fifteen hundred people, and that's where we that's where I saw them for the first time. And I just remember, I mean, they blew me away, but I also remember like my ears ringing for at least three or four days <laughs> but uh yeah it was uh it's pretty badass to see him in that small room since you guys had a different approach than a lot of the bands of that era and it's still amazing to see you guys still doing it and keeping it fresh year after year when you heard of guns and roses and part of the ambulance i'm in queens like i told you off air there's nothing i can mm-hmm. do about it uh do you appreciate that like were you fans of the hair metal and then with for lack of a better term, and do like, oh, wow, this is something different in the mainstream, or were you just so focused on yourselves maybe at the beginning and not really aware of the scene around you like that, like the rest of us? Uh, yeah, there were, I remember when they when they came out, it was it was definitely a, you know, there was a freshness to it. It was it was a lot more kind of gritty and dangerous. I think, you know, definitely we're ready for something like that. So when it, you know, it was an immediate, like, it's not, it wasn't a song you had to hear on the radio a bunch of times before you like fell in love with it. It's like the first time you heard it, you're like, holy shit. Like, what is this? This is like, you just kind of knew it was going to be the next biggest thing. You know what I mean? Um, and it changed music. It just added that element took, took a lot of the candy coating off of what was happening and, and, uh, opened up like kind of more of a punk rock version of that glam thing that was going on. You know, it was this gritty and I, I, I really dug it. I really enjoyed the stories you would tell on your podcast. That's how I really first learned about the history of lit. And again, becoming a fan in high school of lit. And that's for me, my spec, you know, spectrum, that's when you guys broke out, but not knowing the history goes back to those days. Um, anything coming up, um, like any other projects like that podcast, you, you tell great stories that was so well produced and, and cool. You know, it's all, it's great to get music videos and being on tour. Keep doing that until you can anymore. But any, podcasts i guess in the future that aren't mine or you know a, a sequel are you going to do behind the scenes of miserable anything like that <laughs> there was tef- there was some chatter for a minute about adding more um episodes to that so uh, it's a good question we'll have to check back in on that because we definitely could continue on with it and maybe explore different albums or songs or or subjects or whatever but um but yeah, the initial podcast was just very much 
kind of other people's, it was neat to listen to it because it was neat to hear perspective from our peers kind of thing. And there were people on it that we didn't even know, you know, people that, that, um, it, which is weird to hear someone talk about you, uh, with such in-depth knowledge, but you don't really know the person. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it, it was, it was cool. Cause you know, we could easily just sit there and talk about ourselves for three episodes and that might get old, but to hear all these different people talk about the song was, uh, was cool. So I hope so. I mean, certainly 25 years worth of stories, get a few cocktails in us. We'll spill the beans, man. <laughs> See, and a lot it, of layers. <laughs> sure. As just as a radio person, radio perspective, I think it's amazing. You know, that's why I need a guns and roses hook. I'm not lit. Yeah. You guys can just turn on a microphone. People want to hear you, but the way it was produced and different stories and, uh, you know the the background sound like sounds and just it makes you feel like you are there. Very well produced podcast, so that's cool to hear that uh, there could be more of yeah. that coming up. Um, anything oh, coming man. up? I guess as far as the tour, are you guys looking forward to a specific city? Um, any reunions coming up? Uh, like I know you have shows coming up with Hoobastank. Any bands you're really looking forward to seeing again, possibly on the road? No, man. I, no? I actually went just went last night and uh, and saw uh, Everclear and Fastball and. And the Nixons, and these are those are bands that we've you know we know and have played with, and it was cool to you know it's different when you're on the road and you're playing with these bands. A lot of times I'm like we're back at the hotel, like getting ready or warming up or doing whatever, and you don't really get to like go out and watch a show. And uh, it was really cool going out last night. My my daughter's in town and took her and the wife, and we went and and just stood out in the crowd and ran into a lot of old friends out in the audience, and they they sounded better than I you know heard them sound in in years. They sounded great. It was just a good night out and. Um, I miss going to concerts, you know, as a, just as a fan. And so I got to, got to do that again. It was cool. That's must be something that we fans take for granted. Well, I don't think anyone takes going to concerts for granted anymore, but right. as an artist to go back and be a fan, that must just be like just to let go and, and not be, uh-huh. cause I don't know, you must be having fun, but it's also work, you know, right? Yeah. It's different when you're on the road. I mean, still, we still definitely like. You know, any chance we get, we'll stand you know, side stage, whatever, and watch some of the bands that we're on tour with. But yeah, it's a completely different thing when you're not in "quote unquote" work mode, and uh, you don't have to worry about you know. You can have some drinks and and not have to keep it you know reeled in and ready for to be a professional. <laughs> sure, I've had art from Everclear on the podcast, and it goes to show you. I guess use that six degrees of GNR Bacon, which I call it. He wasn't really <laughs> a fan of GNR. He's like, I don't really like Axel's voice. That's okay. That's okay. Opinions are allowed. Which we all meet here. That's we all hang out. You know, it's long, it's, uh, uh, no worries. So I appreciate the positive stories that you guys had. Sometimes it's just awkward. Do you like them? Not really. Well, <laughs> still a pleasure to talk to you. You know, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, that, good old arts, arts. He's a funny guy, man. Oh, he was great. He was great. I, that was pre-COVID. You know, I was able to have that interview in studio. So I appreciate. Yeah. It's cool to be able to do this now, to be able to Zoom with people's, you know, with both of you right now with music I've grown up with. So, uh, Jeremy, thank you for coming on. Great to meet you. Oh, you know what? I have to ask this since um, I'm a beard guy. I'm sorry. I, I don't, you probably may get, get this all the time. How long have you had the, the beard braid? How many years has it been? Well, I had it back in the day. You know, I had it for the Place in the Sun, Atomic Era, and then I cut it off. Uh, like 2009, and then I grew it back during COVID. So this oh. 
it's, it's taken me as long as COVID to grow it back this long, which is actually crazy because I remember people asking me, it's longer now than it was then, but people used to ask me then how long it took me to grow it. And it, I always said like f- around five years. Wow. This was around two, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Well, I'm curious. Does your uh, significant other li- like that? Prefer that? Were they upset when they, you, you cut it off? Because I, she, at the well, be- I see, I started growing kind of like what you had going when COVID first started. I just let everything go, and I was kind of like Will Ferrell and Anchorman, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, milk was a bad it, choice. It was getting yeah, milk was a bad choice, and it was getting kind of crazy. And she was like, "All right, so what are we going to do about that?" And so I went in there and I started taking it down and, and it was, you know, I've had about that much of a goatee. I was like, I'm going to bring this back. And she wasn't uh, thrilled about it at first, but I did like an Instagram poll and it was like 96%. Yes. Grow it back. And so I was like, Hey, sorry, Bender. People have spoken. That's funny. <laughs> Cause it's kind of similar uh, at the beginning of COVID, I guess shaved everything and just left a mustache. And when my then fiance saw me, she started to cry. And like, I guess <laughs> I can't shave it again. I can never shave again. Basically, Mo- mustaches are are hard with girls. It's like it goes one way or the other. Most most chicks think they're creepy, but <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not going out. I'm in quarantine. You're the only I'm one who sees to. me, but clearly you're the only one that matters. So regardless, uh, it, it, we're, <laughs> we're, like, we're married. It worked out. My my chin or like. Or my sirens. I haven't seen that part of my face in probably 25 years. Mm. Okay. So. Right on. Well, I like the look. I like both of your looks. I, I try to look like AJ, but I don't have the muscles. <laughs> I, guess I have the tattoos, but not that. I, I, I need to get back on that anyway. <laughs> I don't have them either. <laughs> well, thank you again, both uh, the Pop-Up Brothers, Jeremy and AJ, for coming on uh, Appetite for Distortion. Uh, out everywhere right now, Tastes Like Gold, new album. They're out on tour. You're everywhere on social media. If you haven't seen them out live do so so yeah thanks man you got it so that does it for this episode of appetite for distortion when will you see the next one in the words of axel rose concerning chinese democracy you'll see it i don't know as soon as the word thanks to the lame ass security i'm going home